This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. It is a massive story. It's one of those stories that when it broke last night, first of all, I didn't believe it. And then I just thought it was yet another one of these he's discontent rumours. Then it was picked up by a lot of what I would call, as opposed to tabloid, rumour mill sources, sources. Reputable sources. And... And then it really did permeate from being something that you kind of just raise your eyebrows at to then thinking, oh, he couldn't, could he? Mm. But of course, you jumped on very quickly, Chris, and you made your feelings very, very clear on the matter. You said that it was a power play, that uh, you think he still has no intention of actually leaving, going through with this, that actually leaving would be a pretty complicated thing for him to do anyway. What with the, the legal wranglings that are hovering over this whole thing and the question marks over this buyout clause that we don't know whether it expired earlier this year, whether it's still valid, and that could lead to the the monster court case between Lionel Messi's representatives and the club. It's what it is. And listen, I very much of that opinion, Rob, from speaking to people that are certainly close to Barcelona, not necessarily Messi, it's still of my opinion that this is the last throw of the dice from Messi from a power play standpoint. He doesn't really want to leave Barcelona. His family are settled. He's settled. It's his home, for goodness sake. A lot of Argentines hold that against him in a lot of ways, that he he is more Catalonia, he's more Spanish than he is Argentine. He's been in that that city for 20 plus years. And I think it's important to point out that this is not a... He's not the type to make a career move. It's not like he wants to win a trophy in France or he wants to test himself in the Premier League. He doesn't have the same conviction or or he doesn't have the same motivation, I should say, as, as a player like Cristiano Ronaldo who wants to build his brand in various different leagues and wants to be known as the guy who's won it all across Europe. Messi doesn't want that he's happy or at least until this season and I think this dates back a while this dates back to the loss to Roma in the Champions League and it all started to really go downhill from there I know Barcelona won the league last season but they contrived to lose it to a let's be honest not the greatest Real Madrid team in the world this season they've had a poor campaign in La Liga and you know the, the loss this time around to Bayern Munich was just it doubled down on the embarrassment of losing 4-0 to Liverpool last year uh, and, and that's it I think it's it's a, a number of things have conspired against Messi and Barcelona you've mentioned a few results that, that have certainly gone awry in the last couple of years that may well have exacerbated Messi's feeling but it's a number of things Rob I think there is genuine frustration with the recruitment Barcelona I mean people poke fun at Man United since Fergie lost eh, eh, since Fergie he left, should I say, in 2013s. But Barca's in recent years has been hodgepodge at best. It has been terrible. Ousmane Dembele, young, exciting talent, over overpaid for him. He's not been able to get fit. He's not been on the pitch as much as Barca would have liked. Antoine Griezmann has never fit in with Lionel Messi. And it looked it looks now, in hindsight, that deal certainly looks ill-conceived. You spent 140 plus million on Philippe Coutinho and he's on loan at your European champions Bayern Munich. Throw in Arter, who I believe Messi has a good relationship with. He's been sold on to Juventus to balance the books and Pjanic is coming over and a little bit of, uh, uh, I guess, fudging of the books, shall we say, in order to get around, circumnavigate financial fair play. You then look at the breakdown in communication that Messi has undoubtedly had with the club's hierarchy. I'm talking, in in essence, 
to the president, a man who is wholly unpopular, Josep Maria Bortomo, and the former sporting director, Eric Abidal. I take you back to the start of this COVID-19 where Barcelona players weren't asked. It was demanded of them that they take a pay cut, that the club's finances were in such disarray that Eric Abidal came out publicly and said, oh, Messi needs to do more. That didn't help. And then when you've got Ronald Koeman allegedly coming in and saying that your privileges are over, if you are to be part of this team, it's my way or the highway all of that has added up to just Messi saying, you know what, I'm not interested in any of this. And this is an ultimate power play. What Messi wants is the president gone, a new president in, and it's without question he wants Javi Hernandez, his former teammate, Xavi. He wants him in charge. He's currently not too far from here. The rumour mill is gone into overdrive. Xavi will be Barcelona boss. Koeman's in this job for one year, even if he lasts one year. I know he signed a two-year deal, but if the, the president's favourite to be elected next March gets the job Xavi will be back and he will be back as Barcelona but, uh, manager you know at 33 as well if, if Lionel Messi is actually taking a long view on this situation Xavi coming in a, a switch up in the presidency a re-election or whatever and Bartomeu leaving that isn't going to dramatically change Barcelona's prospects on the pitch no, anytime but it soon. has. but it has done. You only have to go back to Pep Guardiola's appointment back in 2008 to see what that did. Frank Rijkaard had come to the end of his run as yeah, Barca Yeah, they won the Champions League in 06. In 06. But equally, Barca have had success. It's not like they haven't had sex, uh, success in recent years. But that being said, they have massively underperformed now three years in a row in the Champions League. They haven't, I mean, given the fact... they've massively underperformed. Well, they have. They've, they've, they've capitulated <laughs> on three occasions to Bayern come, Munich, to Liverpool and to Roma. They've, they've come a cropper against Bayern, certainly, was a capitulation and an embarrassment. The Liverpool and Roma results, one-off games. I don't but think come any... on, Chris, Roma... I mean, they should have won that game, absolutely, and they took them lightly. And Ernesto Valverde has carried the can into his, his, the following season for that and has gone. He'll be remembered for that more than uh, anything else. And let's else. be honest, they shouldn't have lost to a Liverpool team missing Mo no, Salah and Sadio no, Mane. But they're getting to the latter stages. You know, they, they're, you know those are two, two one-off games, I guess, two, two second-legs games where Barca... For, for whatever reason, they whether they took both Roma and Liverpool for granted, equally, they were still winning La Ligas. It's not like this needs a total overhaul. And there's no doubt that Messi's looking at it and thinking, I can't afford another 12 months under Ronald Koeman with a president I don't buy, buy into. I'm 33 now. And essentially, it's a holding pattern. This next season of Barcelona is a holding pattern until a new president and Xavi comes in. Right. Messi wants, essentially, to expedite that. He wants that happening now. He's frustrated that it's not. He does not want to have a, a season, a lost season, working for a manager who I don't think he likes and a president that he certainly doesn't like. OK, so if he does leave, or in fact, if he doesn't get what he wants, if he doesn't get the removal of Josep Bartimo, if he doesn't get what he wants from Ronald Koeman and the assurances of various players that are going to be signed. Luis Suarez, I know he wasn't happy that Luis Suarez was told essentially very curtly and in very abrupt terms that his yeah. time at the new Camp was over. If he doesn't get that, will he then go? Will yes. he follow through? Yes. You think he will? Yes, because he's 33 now. Right. Will Barca cede to his demands, do you yeah, think? because you're already seeing hundreds of fans outside the Camp Nou last night when news broke through it will become untenable. I'm not sure if Koeman's position becomes untenable. He may still win win Messi over. It's the president that needs to go. And you, Josip Bartomo is under enormous pressure today to step down as president. That, I think, will happen. Because ultimately, who the heck is he compared to Lionel Messi? With the greatest of respect to Josip yeah. Maria Bartomo. But Messi will win that battle 
whether then that expedites a presidential election. Who knows? There might be a power vacuum. They've for not a got year. much time. They don't. Not at all. The season starts in a few right. weeks. Okay. Uh, ultimately, my feeling this: if if you ask me, gun to head, does Messi stay, still be a Barcelona player next season? I do believe so because ultimately, I just think Bartomeu will have to go. Whether that's days or in the coming week, you'll have to go. Messi to leave the football club the court case the court of arbitration for sport will need to get involved because as you say he has a clause in his contract that allows him to walk mm. away from the football club for free but that expired in June at the end of supposed season he and Messi and his lawyers are arguing well wait a minute COVID-19 has ensured that the season finished later therefore this little 20 day window that allows Messi to knock on the door and say I'm ready to leave that that is still in play and that's what he's trying to enforce right now essentially Messi is saying to Barcelona in this current melee this current structure I'm done I've lost all hope that we're going to be a success in the next 12 months I'm not willing to wait 12 months I'm out the door and I want to go out for free. And if he does win that battle, my goodness, your Man City's, your PSG's are well, looking their chops. We're going to get to that. Yes, we will get to that. So what you're saying is that as influential as Messi is, Barcelona are also powerful and they are going to do everything in their power to ensure that he does not leave the Camp Nou. They are. And that's, but, oof, so I mean, we don't have much time for things to play out, is what I'm no. saying. This is not going to be a straightforward transfer if indeed Messi does end up leaving. This is going to be fraught with complications. And Aresh is speculating that both Messi and Ronaldo could end up at Inter, Mila Inter Miami, no, he's not saying. Happening. Not happening. Not, not happening, surely. No. Um, we have uh, uh, someone also got in touch to say Messi has said his goodbyes. Puyol and other legends have already said so. Check Puyol's Twitter. There is nothing no. in Puyol's tweet that so, suggests that Messi is definitely off. If we translate the Spanish, it is as follows. Respect and admiration, Leo. You have my full support, my friend. That isn't a goodbye. That is just Puyol, as Robbie alluded to a little earlier, saying, listen, he understands where the frustration comes from and that whatever the decision Messi makes, Puyol will stand behind him or stand alongside him. And, and if that does indeed see him leaving the football club that Puyol himself holds, uh, massively dearly to his heart then, then so be it you'll have his support Guillaume Balag the Balague sorry the, the respected Spanish journalist has posted a thread on Twitter some five hours ago to say first things first Messi not only wants to leave he's thinking where he should go next he doesn't see himself at Barca anymore this is it he's never been more determined this is not a negotiation or a power battle him and the family are ready to try a new club something that up until now and despite previous conversations never Never considered necessary beyond who rang whom between Pep and Messi or if there was a call conflicting reports what is clear is that despite the official messages coming from City that nothing has changed and it's all speculation it is something that the player has been discussed or has been discussed between player and representatives at the club and it is the most attractive option to both Messi and to Pep no, if you look at the clubs that, that could that have the financial wherewithal to sign Messi there's no doubt that he's the best fit at Manchester City, even if you would question whether the Premier League is the best fit for Lionel Messi or whether England itself is the best yeah. fit for Lionel Messi because he's never struck me as a player who would relish moving to the yeah, Premier League. Uh, again, I, kinda, I always kind of shake my head at that. Obviously, obviously, uh, I'm coming from a position of, of no real kind of authority on it in the sense we haven't seen him in England, but equally... He's, he's the best player on no, no, the planet. No, 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 I'm not He'll saying... I'm not trossing out the tired old cliches. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I just... It, to me, yeah, I just can't... I can't visualise... I suppose it's something you can visualise, right? I can visualise him in Italy. I can visualise him even oh, for I PSG. Can, I can visualise him in a blue 
sky blue of, of Manchester Can you? City. Absolutely. Why Pep's there? Why Ferran Soriano's there? Cheeky Bergestein is there. That football club has been built in the image of Pep. That football club is the nearest thing to Barcelona that he'll be walking into. He's walking into a manager who got the very best out of him, a manager who, as we've said on this show time and time again, 9 that Champions League final, this tactical little shift of Samuel Eto'o wide right, Messi the false nine. Pep knows Messi better than most. You know, I can think of who else really got the best out of him. Luis Enrique certainly did well when he took over after Pep. But Pep is the kind of, the, the, the footballing father figure, if you will, for Messi. It's a match made in heaven. I said PSG because equally they've got the funds that they could come in and, and offering Messi the, the carrot of Neymar on one side and Bappe on the other. I mean, my goodness, that is a, a, a forward line that would strike fear into the hearts, not only of domestic French football, they'd have the league wrapped up by Christmas probably, but in Europe as well. City seems to fit to me. That's the logical one. And if, if Messi can extricate himself from his contract then you can bet your life the uh, the Royals down in, in Abu Dhabi will move heaven and earth to bring Lionel Messi. Talk about a statement. Talk about turning your football club into a superpower. Now, are Manchester City a superpower? Not in my opinion. I, I truly believe that. A signing of Messi, a Champions League crown. As Messi's looking at it, he's 33 years of age. He wants more European glory. Going to Man City, linking up with Pep, winning a first European title for Man City, that is a heck of a kind of closing chapter to Messi's career. And I tell you who'd be worried about that little conclusion will be Cristiano Ronaldo, because that's what he's attempting to do at Juventus, isn't it? They haven't won it in a long time. He went there to try and another exclamation mark on his career by being the talismanic figure that sees Juventus win a European Cup for the first time since 1996. If Messi goes to City, and I do think they are the number one most likely destination, he goes there and he inspires City to a first European Cup with Pep by his side. I mean, that is, I hate to say it, but it's a heck of a story. Oh, it's an incredible story. Uh, it would be, oh, that would and be, for me, if he went to City, that would be the biggest story, the biggest headline in football that I can ever remember. And you know what as well? Kevin De Bruyne, Raheem Sterling. Does Aguero stay? They I'm score a sure. hat full of goals as it is. Just imagine with a man who scores 50 a season, imagine how many goals they'd score. Someone else would have and to, you know what? someone does, else would miss out because Messi would be scoring so many, you answers, would assume. It answers the question as well. If he does go to City, and, and the, the environment there, and it does suit him. It gives him the best possible chance of being a, a success in England. And then he just shuts up the, the pro Ronaldo fans that have always questioned whether he could do it in England because there's no doubt in my mind if he walks into City with Pep, Pep's system and, and way of playing suits a Messi, he would be a rip-roaring success. He's the best player on the planet. We are going to move on though, Chris, because you've got an interview with Al Jazeera club boss Marcel Kaiser. Yep. And of course, we are keenly awaiting the resumption or at least the new the new season of the Arabian yeah, Gulf League. Yeah, next week, the cup kicks it all off. And then of course, the following weekend, the Arabian Gulf League brand new campaign it does get underway of course it will start with no fans in the stadiums uh, but you can tune in of course we are part of the English commentary team this coming season so if you've never watched UE football the Arabian Golf League please do tune in you may hear Robbie Greenfield's dulcet tones you may even hear mine at some juncture over the course of the next nine months but it is interesting to see a lot more clubs engaging with local media engaging with ex 
about fans as well and more of that needs to happen and I caught up a little earlier this afternoon with Marcel Kaiser now he is a Dutchman 51 years of age he actually and if you are a European football anorak you may recall he had a spell as coach of Ajax back in 2017 that was after Peter Bos the man who led the Amsterdamers to the Europa League that particular year he left for Borussia Dortmund Marcel uh, took charge didn't last long there in all honesty I think they were uh, knocked out of the cup on penalties and that actually put paid to his spell and charge he's rebuilt his career though he had a stint at Al Jazeera a couple of seasons back he then took over Sporting Lisbon in 2018 he won the cup double over in Portugal and it was then that Bruno Fernandes really came to the fore 20 goals and 13 assists in that campaign but Marcel was enticed back he was here last season I caught up with him today and first things first with Covid-19 wreaking havoc the new reality I know people hate that phrase I had to ask I had to start there how's he getting used to it all? Yes, that's uh, that's uh, difficult, uh, but for everybody, for every coach, the same. Uh, in, the, in the country, uh, we have some rules and uh, we have to keep them. And so, in the beginning of the of the of the, of the season, of the the preseason, we started with groups, small groups of six, and later on we could go a little bit bigger. And uh, now at the end, we can uh, play friendly games, but only not in Abu Dhabi. So uh, this is what we're waiting for. Uh, till now, everybody's good. The national team players uh, are back, so uh, it's also good to see them. Uh, see them now for maybe for two weeks. Uh, so we have still two weeks to go, and then we have to make sure we're ready. And are you excited for the start of a new season? I thoroughly enjoyed last season. Of course, the season ended a little early. I want to get your thoughts on that in just a moment. But in terms of your team, your squad, your players, are they ready for the brand new season? Um, I think so. It's, it's difficult to see. Normally, you're, you're really excited to, uh, to start, uh, also to see where, where, where the team is at the moment. Uh, now it's even more like this because uh, of, of, of no, no friendly games, so we don't know where the team is at the moment. Um, but uh, excited, yes, uh, yes, for sure. And I've got to ask about last season. I'm sure it's a hot topic and it remains a hot topic. The decision to obviously ending the season was something that was taken out of the powers that be's hands. We know COVID-19 has wreaked havoc across all industries. The decision, however, not to award Shabab Al-Akhli the title, Marcel, as a footballing man as you are, was that the right decision? Well, I think it was the for 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 the for the public health and uh, the safety for everybody was the right decision. Uh, in a sportive way, you don't want to end like this. Uh, I don't look at at, uh, at uh, I can't speak for for other teams, but for ourselves, we were in a very good moment. So uh, we won from a line. Uh, we won the game before this. Uh, we were in a very good moment. Uh, I saw my players getting better and better. Uh, for sure the important players for example Amori who came back from a very serious injury uh, was in a really good uh, good moment uh, like uh, number 10 with uh, behind a very good number 9 so we had we had some uh, some good moments there uh, we wanted to continue uh, but then uh, safety uh, and the health of, of, of everybody is more important than football Absolutely. You're not wrong there. And I don't think you'll hear a lot of people disagreeing with you on that, Marcel. I want to talk a little bit more about you and the football club itself, because a lot of my listeners might not actually be aware that this is your second stint 
in charge of Al Jazeera Club. Now, you had a wonderful season at Sporting Lisbon over in Portugal. You won both Cups over there. So I guess the obvious question, why come back? Why did you feel compelled to return to the nation's capital? Um, I, I, I loved the first uh, five, six months with the team. So uh, I was with the team and we had very good, uh, good games, good moments. Uh, so the progression in the team, all the players, almost all the players were there. So the same players after one year. So this was good. Um, uh, I had a very good contact with uh, Mr. Ayat. Um, so it was for me, uh, yeah, it feels like a good decision to go to go back. And uh, that's still, uh, still like it is. Now, there are an awful lot of other coaches in this league that I think would be rather envious of you, Marcel, because when you look through the Emirati players that you have at your disposal at Al Jazeera Club, I think it's fair to say you definitely have two of the most high-profile. Ali Makut, the top goal scorer, the man that uh, shot the UE to Asian Cup semi-final in 2015. And, of course, you've got the poster boy, Omar Abdurrahman, as a man, of course, that grew up following Dutch football, idolising Dutch football. Give us your coach's breakdown on those two players. Just how good are Ali Makut and Omar Abdurrahman? Yes, two uh, different players. And, of course, both very good. Um, both very decisive in games. So it's it's all about creativity and goals. Um, so and they can do this very well. Uh, Amori is, uh, is uh, really... Uh, creative player, uh, creates chances for the team, for other players. Um, Ali is uh, uh, not only for me a goal scorer, because everybody, uh, of course, judges him about uh, goal scoring and he can do this very well, but also in his technical skills and the speed is uh, is very good. So, um, uh, yes, happy with both players. Are they good enough to play in Europe, Marcel? It's the million-dollar question. It's a debate that rages long in our radio show. It's a debate that I certainly have with an awful lot of journalists around the world whenever we talk UAE football. And the question is always, they're good in the UAE, but could they go on and play in some of the top leagues in Europe? What would your opinion be on that? Um, I think they, uh, they, they they could play in Europe, but uh, I hope uh, they stay for a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. You've got to say that. Of course you do. But they are. They are. They have the, the technical ability. Because I remember speaking to Frank Arneson, of course, a Dane who, who made his name in, in Dutch football. And uh, this is a number of years ago now. And, and he was such a big fan of Omar when Omar was a young a young man. And, and he said then that he had no doubt technically Omar was, was someone that could really match it with, with some of the very best players in world football. Is that the case? Um, yes, I agree. Um, of course, uh, he has uh, some, some, some big injuries now and also the, it's very good to see that his mentality is uh, so strong that he every time comes back. So three times in ACL is, is not something you have to think uh, easy uh, of. It's very difficult to come back and he did it again, um, so uh, let's hope for him. He can stay uh, one year with uh, with no problems with injuries, and then he will show uh, again who is uh, uh, the real uh, Amori. Now, one player that stood out for me in your your side last season, and a player that I'm so excited again to see this coming season, is the little midfielder Abdullah Ramadan. I'm a big fan. Just 22 years of age, he is someone I feel could go on and make a career out of the UAE. What does he need to do to build on last season, and how much of a fan are you of him? 
I think uh, uh, I think two years ago uh, I, I was the coach who brought him with the first team. Uh, maybe he was already there before. I don't know, but but I, he was very young at, at that moment. I think 19, 20 years old. Uh, technical skills good. Uh, one touch, two touch. Uh, really, the possession game uh, is is good. Um, so um, can be more decisive, a little bit more decisive in in in, in games. This is what he has to learn, but of course, uh, a player uh, uh, with, with a lot of uh, technical quality. And last one from me, when we look ahead to this brand new season, you look at the signings that some clubs have made, it looks as if it's going to be really competitive. Shabab Al-Akhli, I expect to be there or thereabouts again. Al Nasser have strengthened in good areas. I expect a renewed challenge from al Wahda as well. What about Al Jazeera Club? What would constitute success for that football club this coming season and for you more to the point Marcel what do you want to see from your side in the coming nine months uh, well uh, for us it's, uh, it's uh, now first of all we have to see if we can have uh, one or two signings um, if this is possible then we have uh, like you said uh, the, the, the league is very interesting because of all the teams who were last year with the first five or six they are very close together in, in the quality um, so uh, if it's like this, it will be a very exciting uh, year, um, and also for us, I think, because like you said, we have uh, seven national team players, and you uh, you named uh, a couple of them. Uh, but for example, also we have uh, Nubi Atas uh, and uh, Kafar Mubarak. So we we have we have uh, very exciting players, um, and we want to play also in this way, like last year, that we are uh, that everybody enjoys the game of Al Jazeera. But, uh, and everybody knows this, of course, the most important thing is winning. A gentleman by the name of Akbar Nakvi should have been in Chamonix on the 28th of August in France as part of the iconic ultra race UTMB, 170 kilometres. Now, due to the pandemic, this race was cancelled. But did that, let him, did that stop Akbar making some pretty outrageous plans? No, no it, did, it not. did not. Now, we are going to get to those. We're going to be joined on the line in just a few seconds. Now, I can also tell you that Akbar is a massive, massive Liverpool fan. So I suppose, oh. as well as wishing him a very good evening and congratulating him on their title success... Do we need to? We ought to ask him whether he thinks Lionel Messi could be on his way to Anfield. Akbar, very good <laughs> evening to you. Uh, hi, guys. How are you? <laughs> yeah, good. Are we going to see Lionel Messi in a red shirt? <laughs> no, I think you're OK. We're doing pretty well by ourselves. <laughs> doing OK. <laughs> and you're going to be doing OK this weekend. Talk to us about it, Akbar, because, well... On the face of it, what you are attempting to do this coming Friday sounds like lunacy, but it's clearly not. It's all for a great cause, and it's certainly a challenge. Tell us about it. Yeah, I mean, there, there's always a, a method to the madness, you know. So um, I feel like, as you said, uh, I've trained for a particular race, and I was mentally preparing myself for that particular race. And so I always had an objective in mind, and when the... When the race got cancelled, I still felt like I need to keep training and aim for something on August 28th. So about a month ago, I talked to my coach, uh, Marcus Smith, from uh, in a fight. And um, we basically decided we were going to do something similar to the UTMB race. We try to get at least the same distance. Um, and that's where we came up with the concept of running in Al-Qudra and... Um, because we don't have the elevation, we just go for for 200 and, and see how it goes. 
<laughs> you're going to go and run 200 kilometres and see how it goes. Akbar, are you mad? You can tell that Marcus Smith has been in your ear. Yeah, I know. We've had Marcus on our show many, many times and uh, he's no stranger to, to a lunatic plan, as we know full well. But the heat, come on, Akbar, how have you been training for this? Because we can't even survive on a golf cart for four hours, let alone run 200 kilometres in this heat and humidity. How are you going to cope with that? Well, you know, that's the crazy thing. So when, obviously, when I talked to Marcus, he was like, all right, we, we have a month, so we need to, do, we need to start doing um, heat adaptation. So yeah, we actually put a plan together where for the last month, um, pretty much once or twice a day, I would um, stop doing my work, basically. And instead of going for lunch, I would go run outside for an hour. And then um, on the weekends, I would go to Al-Qudra, and I would literally... Um, if you guys have been out there on the on the bike track, mm. I park my car um, in the middle of the, the desert, and basically I do like ten ten kilometer loops or five kilometer loops just to get my body um, used to the heat. And you know what? It's it's one of those things. Like the more you put your body and mind towards something, and you you go through it, it starts to adapt. And um, I feel fairly comfortable at this stage thinking that, you know, I can have a nice little crack at this on Friday. And you are doing it. It's very important to point out as well. You're not just doing this for the fun of it, and I'm sure you will at times enjoy it. I'm sure at other times you will be hating every the first second kilometer, of it. The kilometre, I'd say, and the, the remaining 199, maybe not so much. I'm sure that is going to be the case. But listen, at the heart of it all, and in all seriousness as well, Akbar, you are doing this for a special cause. Do talk to us about that. Yeah, absolutely. I think... Um, as you guys know, when um, especially when you get into these challenges, um, you need to have a very, very strong why. Because as you said, you know, like when you, even when you're training for it or when you're in the middle of a challenge, um, you know, in the middle of the night or the middle of the day, there's got to be a real strong reason for you to keep going and be motivated to do something like this. So in my particular case, it's obviously my wife and I, uh, we started a charity about seven years ago, an NGO in uh, Pakistan. And uh, basically, we're the only organization in the country that provides uh, newborn screening to newborn babies. So um, just to give you a brief history, whenever, especially in the developed world, whenever a baby is born, they automatically take a small um, blood sample from the heel of the baby and just they run precautionary tests, you know, just to make sure that the baby is okay. So this test is kind of like a given, like especially in developed worlds and even here, parents don't even know about this test. But obviously in a place like Pakistan, where things are still developing, it, um, it was never implemented, definitely not at a national level. And that's why it's, um, there's a high infant mortality rates as well. So this is our little bit that we're doing towards uh, alleviating that particular problem in the country. And we provide this test uh, free of cost. That's amazing. That's fantastic. And this is the ZB Foundation. Am I, am I right in saying that, Akbar? Yes, that's right. Fantastic. And how can people come and cheer you on? I know whenever Marcus goes out and does one of his crazy schemes, like running for 24 hours straight, <laughs> he always attracts a band of diehards who are with him, not every step of the way, but at least some of the steps of the way. What about yourself? Are, are you expecting a little gang to come down and cheer you on? And are you inviting people to, to come down to Al Qudra to support you? Well, the, the diehards are going to be there because uh, <laughs> the, great thing, the great thing about Marcus and obviously the community that he's created uh, at Inner Fight 
is that you know we are we all like minded and we all support each other so i'm expecting a pretty big um a fairly decent crowd at the start and then um we were starting on 6am on friday um as you know there are always a, a lot of bikers out there anyway and um and then during the day i'm sure people will come and go and then as the temperature drops maybe in the evening we'll i'll have some of my friends coming over with their kids so it it should be um yeah you can always get you can always get out there but um at the end of the day as marcus said uh, when it's the middle of the night it might just be me and him <laughs> yeah well this is brilliant this is fantastic we wish you all the very best mm-hmm. of luck and uh, we look forward to hearing i'm sure this will be a success akbar and uh, good luck is all we will say you're in great hands with marcus smith that is for sure but uh, we'll be following thank your you progress guys. every step of the way and i think it'd be quite nice akbar that uh, we catch up with you again early next week to see exactly how you got on so we'll do that on sunday okay absolutely sounds good <laughs> fantastic brilliant. great akbar. stuff there we go. Take care, guys. Akbar 200 kilometres at the Al Qudra cycle track this weekend. All I will say is rather him <laughs> than us. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts. <laughs>